0: Today's guest is Compass sales manager, Jared Fleischer. Jared was one of our earlier guests on the podcast and we thought it'd be fun to have Jared back. He's our first returning guest. And we're gonna talk about what's happened in 2023 real estate, how are our predictions and where do we think we're gonna go for the rest of the year? Welcome to the podcast. Well, I wanted to have you back on the show. Well, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, and you're my first repeat guest. And we talked the does first that, time. Get a shot of bourbon for that. Would you like <laughs> no. a shot of bourbon? <laughs> we have much I mean, just for that purpose. And um, some of our guests too like to have a drink. So you're, do they? We, nice. Yeah, of course. It's already afternoon. I mean, we have a bar cart there. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned an expression in our team meeting today that somebody says, "Oh, I was doing twelve ounce curls," oh, and yeah, I was yeah. like, "What?" And I thought about it. and I, said, "Oh," I said, "Oh, so you were drinking beer out of a can?" And they're like, "Yep, correct." Uh, so that was pretty funny. But no, so you're our first repeat guest. Well, I, thank and you for having me. the first time you were here, we talked a lot about the real estate market. Mm-hmm. And now it's the middle of 2023. When when was I here? What, what time? I think uh, you were probably the first week of the year. Okay. Right? I didn't so, remember. Um, I right. usually film a week or so in advance. We've but, had a lot but, of stuff happen since then. So a lot has happened. And mm-hmm. I thought it'd be fun to recap, maybe assess some of our predictions. Okay. And... Um, see what you think is going to happen the rest of the year. All right. Because it feels kind of like a crazy year. Maybe that's just me personally, but it feels like things are not as expected.
1: Okay. So what would, I mean? how would you describe 2023 so far? It's over like a 30,000-foot view. It's tough sometimes because you just have all these different yeah. areas. I mean, we have such a big, you know, metroplex. Right. I'd say it's, um, I think overall it's running towards... What the expectation was, and that's a reduction in total number of sales. Mm-hmm. Still, some increase in pricing because there still seems to be the demand for the good homes. Yeah, uh, and that inventory seems to be fewer and further between. The inventory numbers seem to have gone up, as we had yeah. talked about. Yeah, they are it, up. But it doesn't like seem a Holt. like not like, yeah, not a ton. But it's I mean you flat you know f- uh, go back. 12 to 18 months when we had a Nothing. couple of weeks. Yeah, So having two and a half months is, is an improvement, but it seems the inventory, it seems that buyers are very particular about what mm-hmm. they're willing to pay a premium for considering the rate yeah. environment we're in.
0: I think that's the problem. I, I think, think it's the biggest buyer
1: expectations
0: are way higher now. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'm going to pay 6% or 7% and my friend did it for two point eight percent right two years ago right and paid less money and so i want i want to get the best house
1: right yeah i think they're being a little bit more discerning yeah. and really kind of honing in on the things they really need and want so i was uh,
0: thinking some of ours are just being picky but yeah <laughs> maybe, probably maybe that's some of that
1: but i think overall like i think it feels like the market is healthy if that's the right word yeah. i don't think it's um you know falling off a cliff by any means but naturally, you're going to see some um, attrition in what we had from 21 and 22, yeah. just because you can't sustain that. So
0: yeah, those were unicorn years. Yeah,
1: they were right. There, but they're, now
0: it's people think that's normal.
1: Right. And I well, hopefully now you know we'll call it a year past the shift we all felt in the market. The change in activity was about this time. It was May June of last year. We're a year into that. So hopefully there's some normalcy and some cyclical part of the market starting to kind yeah. of resonate with people. Um, it seems to me, I mean, you tell me, I'm not meeting with sellers like you, but it seems to me that maybe sellers are past the the FOMO part of I missed out and kind of realizing, all right, this isn't 2021 or 2022. Yes. I do have to be a little bit realistic. I mean, sellers are always gonna wanna overprice by and large, Yes, but I feel like we're, far enough removed from the craziness that they realize okay like that market is kind of gone that buyers willing to pay anything for anything now i think it's more hey you've got a really great house really great location things buyers are looking for anticipate getting a premium but if you don't anticipate your activity maybe not being as busy as you'd Mm -hmm. hope and you know having to really kind of think about what your strategy is do you want to move your house quick are you willing to wait and see? Right, you know.
0: I think a lot of people don't know either. Mm-hmm. We've had some listings this summer that have had multiple offers and got been great, and others that I thought would be really good, but they've they've stagnated. Part of that could have been a little bit of the time, but neighborhoods make a big difference too. I think so. I I think you're right that a seller needs to have their house looking good. 100. I say that every month in my market report. I, I mean, it was true last year. The, the last year if you had your house looking great, it was like rocket fuel. You get 15% more. This year, maybe you just get more and right. you get all the terms you want. Yeah. But uh, this is a real challenge right now, I think, is the inventory. There's theoretically more homes, but the ones that are really attractive to buyers are, are cycling in and off, you know on and off the market very quickly. And so everything else feels stale.
1: Right. And, I, and to your point about presentation, because buyers consume you know this data all day long on their phones and their digital yeah. devices if it doesn't look great or something really stands out like oh look at this amazing backyard or it looks like it's got a great floor plan or it's just even clean and organized yeah. and finished out i think people are just passing them
0: they just don't even want to go see it
1: they only want to see it where in 21 like anything that came on the market because there was we have to see yeah. it like it may not be perfect but we recognize that if we don't see this house there's going to be 50 other people if not more that are going to this house
0: will sell no matter what correct here's our chance to get something in our budget
1: right you know rates are really low maybe it's not ideal but we we can do it now i think if it doesn't check a lot of the boxes it's just not even getting shown and i think that's what you're seeing in the stats you see the number of showings has uh, decreased dramatically a couple hundred percent Oh, yeah. I mean, showings, yeah, getting 30 or 40 people per listing showings. Now you're getting seven. Yeah, seven. Yeah.
0: I think that's also a problem because people see that data on its own and they want to think there's a problem. And it's like, well, I mean, no. I mean, the house is still selling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's tricky. What surprised you most about this year besides buyer preferences, if you will?
1: I maybe expected there to be, I'll tell you what, maybe not from a housing perspective, more maybe from an economic perspective. Uh Uh-huh. I did expect that we would kind of be past the continued Fed rate increases. I kind of expected that to drop off mm-hmm. really in the first quarter. That was and I and I didn't, I'm not an economist. I right. you know, right. I don't have any data to suggest that, but it just felt like okay, there needed to be a course correction made and that's what the Fed was trying to do, to try to slow inflation and 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 kill demand a little mm-hmm. bit, so, you know we get back to some normalcy, but I was kind of surprised that we're continuing and, and we had a pause and then they went back up again. And yeah, then they're so saying we're, we're, we're going to go back I, up.
0: I saw rates hit the sevens last week. Right. So long term is really not that big of a deal. Of but course. The short short term. It's hard for people. To it's shocking
1: that. when it's 12 months and you have you've over doubled what they right. were, you know? So yes. I think that's a little bit of maybe a surprise. I kind of maybe expected them to have mm-hmm. an opportunity to get back into the fives this year. For mortgage rates, I don't see that as a possibility at all. I think even maybe next year will be a challenge. I think it's all going to depend on what the Fed's economic position is going to be, what inflation looks like. So that maybe is a little bit of a surprise, but I think the market in general, I mean, we were forecasting as a company nationally a 25% decrease in market activity. Interesting. A total number of just homes sold is what our national prediction was from our CEO, Robert Refkin. And in some markets, it it is that, and even exceeding that. And maybe some more like the coastal markets Mm -hmm. that are a little bit more volatile. They, you know, the coastal markets can fluctuate a ton depending on what's going on with the economy. We are, while we're a big market, you know, we have a lot of good economic diversity, still have massive continued population growth. So here, you know, it could be 10% in some areas, it could be 15%, but really I think we're hovering around that like kind of seven, 8% rate for drop. Yeah. Which I think, I think is pretty good. I
0: think it is good too. And I don't think that's bad news. No. I Well, it's certainly, it certainly seems like bad news, but there are fewer, for most of the year, there's been fewer homes for sale. That's right. So I don't think fewer homes selling. I, I, when I looked at the numbers for DFW last month, I figured it was about 9% decrease mm-hmm. in market activity. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you know, people look at, Different metro, parts of the metro. So I, there could, somebody could say 12, somebody could say 6. Sure. But let's just say it's 10 to keep it simple. I don't think it's that there's buyer demand is down 10%. I think there's just fewer options for a buyer to choose from. I think the buyer demand is still pretty strong.
1: I, 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 I agree with that statement too. And I think for sellers, looking at that and thinking oh, man, you know, if 10% drop, my house is worth less than it was. That's not necessarily true. Yeah, exactly. So when you take it, there's got to be some quantifying to that data. The quantifying is, yeah, we're 10% down total number of homes sold. Right. Right. But that doesn't mean the value of homes has dropped 10%. No, prices are up. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So Most places. Well,
0: most places are up. Like Plano, where Mm -hmm. we are now, prices are up. And if you look at the metro area, then they're going to say price. median prices are down. But, again, I don't think a person who bought a house a year ago is going to sell it for any less than they paid. I think they'll sell it for more than they paid a year ago. So home values, I think, are up. But the mix, I mean, I do think fewer, less activity in the high ends mm-hmm. to bring the median down. Right. But that's constantly left out in the news story. So people are like, ah.
1: I know. You hear, like, the one I've heard of several times over the course of the last several weeks is, we continue this historic decrease in market activity, you know, but there's again, there's no context to it, right? right? They're just looking at, okay, year over year, do you see in some markets again, a 20 to 25% decrease in number of homes sold? Normally, no, you don't that's not a normal year over year, but what they're not giving in context is the increase year over year for two years on top of the price increases year over year, so they're not giving that context to say, hey, we had this unprecedented cycle where it was crazy naturally when we got back to some normalcy of, you know, human existence and living people living right. their lives normally again, you know, uh, national and you know, global economic markets, you know, kind of cooling. You know, it's just kind of a natural pullback. Yeah, but there's that's not talked about.
0: No, yeah, no, the sky is falling. That doesn't sell uh, it does subscriptions doesn't or sell subscriptions. Yeah. It doesn't keep going on the website, so you can sell more ads. So, For, so it's a challenge. Yeah. Um. So generally speaking, you think the market's pretty good. I do in DFW.
1: I 100 yeah. percent I think the market, I, and I continue to think that we are poised. And and you and that's the one stat you do see is you know Texas markets. You know the big markets in Texas: yeah. Houston, Austin, San Antonio, and DFW continue to see among the most influx of population continue to see strongest demand for market look at all the look at all the businesses that continue to expand into these markets too yeah all these different you know there's not only you know corporate moves here but independent like you know chains that are expanding to different parts i mean everybody's like oh we want to be in austin oh we want to be in dallas right we want to be there so that is always going to lend itself to us having a pretty good market one of one of my guests earlier this year had talked
0: about dallas is a great place to test out new business concepts and i hadn't thought about it but he's like yeah it's more it's a very diverse economy it's a healthy economy so there's disposable income and he's like rent is way cheaper Mm mm-hmm so like if it's a restaurant, like why test out the concept in New York City or L.A. where rent is expensive and there's going to be all these extra regulations. Let's test the concept in Dallas where it's more affordable. Makes sense. And then if it works, we can roll it out to the other areas that are higher cost. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's a really good perspective that I hadn't thought about before.
1: Yeah, I would. Ma- I mean, so think
0: lots of businesses, I think absolutely. absolutely get employees a little more affordably.
1: Employees can have a great life because housing isn't as atrocious. Well, and commuting's not as much of a challenge here as it is in a lot of bigger cities, too. No. Right? True, you,
0: uh, it does seem worse driving on Dallas North Tollway now compared to a year ago, but I, but certainly not LA. That's for sure.
1: Yes, like traffic is bad, but it's but there's availability for we'll call it affordable living for people nearby. Yeah. Whereas in some of the bigger markets like that, where some of these places are located in the heart of the you know of the metropolitan area, people can't afford to. To, to live there and work in those places right. so they have to commute really far away
0: yeah we're pretty fortunate in that regards I think so so summing up kind of talking about hey what's going on in the market right now we talked about home sales number of homes sold is down home prices we, we've kind of summarized there. depending on who you ask they're probably up I think so certainly if you look in the categories and then inventory like there's more inventory now than before mm-hmm.
1: is it a buyer's market though Mm. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't categorize it as a buyer's market, like across the board. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Are there opportunities for buyers? Yes. Right. And I think you, again, you have to take it into context coming out of what we came out of. There was no opportunities for buyers to really have much firm footing on, you know, things they wanted to ask for in a negotiation situation. It was kind of like, well, here's what we're going to do. You can either do it or don't do it from, from a seller perspective. Yeah. And buyers were willing to do everything, right? right? I mean, you saw how crazy it got in some of the people <laughs> offering. I mean, I, there was some really, really interesting um, s- structured contracts with stuff, sure you outside more of, more me, yeah. stuff outside of real estate that buyers were offering, you know, to sellers to, I mean personal What's, property yeah. all What's sorts of the crazy things that stuff? you thought were the, the weirdest because uh, you of them seen was, this
0: more at the brokerage or market level
1: one I of heard. them was oh, i was in when i was in lakewood one of them was offering to pay for a year membership for the seller at lakewood country club <laughs> i mean <laughs> that's, that's a lot of money that's a lot of money you know i mean i because they were already members but they're like we'll pay your dues for a year uh-huh. you know because i mean the initiation fee is ridiculous but you know the membership fee 45 fifty thousand just base membership fee mm-hmm. for a year one of them was, I mean, this is seven-figure price point homes, right? Um, Which they already were probably bidding up by oh, like one hundred, oh, two hundred, three
0: hundred cor- thousand. I mean, plus big, to
1: pay the country club dues. Correct. The biggest one I saw in Lakewood was six hundred thousand over the list price. Wow. Yeah. So those days are gone. Those days are gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that seller got out while the getting was good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just stuff like that. You know, I mean, I've heard. I didn't see this specifically, but I've heard stories about cars being offered. I mean, different things that are outside of the scope of contract, because at some point you only hit, you hit so many levers, you can yeah, pull in a contract. There's only so many lines. So people are like, well, what else can we offer the seller to get him to take our offer? Right. You know, um, but that part, so getting back to the question, no, I don't think it's necessarily a buyer's market. If you look at pricing mm-hmm. and you look at, you know, percentage of price obtained in a sale comparative to list price still pretty close to 100%. Right. So Sellers and pretty much get what they want. Sellers are still pretty much getting that. Not like last year where they got way more than they ever imagined. Right. You know, we were averaging 10% above list price at the kind of apex last spring. Yeah. You know, now we're, you know, anywhere from 96, 97 to 100%. Some people getting over a little bit, but sellers are still really getting pretty close to what they're asking. Right. I,
0: um, so when does this conversation shift to when we're like, yeah, it's more of a buyer's market?
1: Well, I think there's got to be a lot more inventory. I think number one, that's like not two months of supply. No, there's probably needs to be four. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think you hear in the news, six months is a balanced market. And we've talked about this. I don't think that's going to exist. Maybe uh, not in DFW. Not here. No. I mean, maybe in some outlying areas where, you, you know, you don't have as much population and there may be some building yeah. and it's taking time to build up to that. But I don't foresee us ever getting to that anywhere in the near future. So I think double the inventory we have now, you know, go from two to four. That will definitely um, take away that supply and demand part will definitely, I think, lower pricing. Mm -hmm. Buyers will have a little bit more. But then if rates drop again, I think that will bring a lot of buyers out of the woodwork. I think that'll send demand back higher. And we could just not going to be in the same boat I think we were two years ago or last year. But I think that it's going to be a pretty good market for sellers. There's a lot of people sitting on the sidelines. I think there are. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think there? you have a lot of, I mean, your buyers sitting on the sidelines?
0: Yeah. There's a lot of people that are waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they can truly, clearly articulate what they're waiting for. Okay. Some people will say, well, I'm waiting. Prices are going to fall. Well, the data doesn't support that prices are going to fall. Not in a meaningful no. way. Mm-hmm. Or I'm waiting for rates to drop. But again, not... Like there's no data that would say they're going to drop in a meaningful way anytime mm-hmm. soon. We might move from six and a half to six and their payment change to a hundred dollars a month. But that's to me not the real reason why they're not wanting to move. So they're like kind of waiting for something that I think people, there's this uncertainty. People have a hard time articulating. Yeah, that makes they're sense. they're not sure about.
1: I think you have, well, people try to time markets. It's really hard. Real estate is not going to work. Like yeah. You can't trade in
0: and trade out of houses
1: right. like you can a stock or other
0: commodities or assets.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. typically a long-term hold, right? right? It's a long-term play, and you might have an opportunity that you get some short-term short-term returns that we just had like that we had the
0: last couple of years. But
1: you can't you you can't time that. So I think there, you know, you probably have a uh, bucket of different types of buyers: the ones who have the need mm-hmm. or the absolute desire to maybe get their first home, and they're willing to overlook these factors that they see as maybe negatives: mm-hmm. rates, um, prices, whatever that is. Then you probably have a huge section, a huge sector of buyer that, to your point, is like, well, I'm going to wait. I'm, you know, I keep hearing this; things are going to go down, but there's really no empirical evidence that (laughs) shows that happen. Uh, I mean, I always
0: in buying life, I believe all things are possible, Mm -hmm. but doesn't make them probable. And that's, I think, one of the challenges that I'm seeing with a lot of our buyers is they're waiting for something. Yeah, I do worry to your point about the. You know, the first-time buyer that wants to get a home, I, the people that are waiting, I have a huge concern. They're just going to get priced out of the market. Mm-hmm. Like I always think about, a maybe entry-level price point, like three hundreds. Well, those are disappearing in Collin County, mm-hmm. and so now they're up, and then
1: they're, they're not going to come back. That's nope. my my right. thinking. So yeah, that's that that price point's not coming down.
0: Yeah. So yep. those people should just get take. I'm, I'm, this sounds terrible, but my mom used to always say things like bankers can't be choosers," right? Like this is what you're, this is what the dinner is. <laughs> so yeah. I also think that way a little bit with real estate. Look, your budget's three fifty. Like buy something. Mm-hmm. Like pick, make it how you want. Get a go king neighborhood. Make it how you want. Right. And then take your equity in a couple years and buy something else that you can be pickier for. Right. Unless if you know in your life that you're going to have a big change in your financial status, mm-hmm. then sure, go ahead and wait for that to happen. Or maybe there's inheritance coming, or there's a business deal happening. Sure, I think then that's a pretty smart reason to wait. But otherwise, I think it's just um, delaying the inevitable.
1: It is, yeah. They're waiting on what, right? Yeah, like what's, yeah, yeah, like you said, the other shoe. I don't think it's going to drop. Yeah. And um, I think if the, you know, I think that's great advice to a buyer is that this is a long-term play, right? right? And the whole point is, and yes, there's certainly the investment side of it, but really, if you know, you're wanting to have home ownership. You're, you're, you know, you're planning to start a family, whatever it all is, the intangibles whatever, yeah, all those reasons, it. you know, just, it's better now to get in, you know, because things at the end of the day has, you know, the historics of it only increases. Yeah. Well, it's, there's also
0: scarcity. Mm-hmm. Like we can't, if you want to live in Plano, I mean, we can't make Plano bigger.
1: No, right <laughs> like the old adage, there's a, they're not making any more of it, right? Right. Land. They're not mm-hmm. making any more.
0: And, um, there's not a lot
1: of new construction in some places either. Yeah. What so, do you see with that right now? I'm curious, Having since I don't go out to a lot of these communities, are are builders meeting their their deadlines and timelines to build? Or you know, are they taking I longer? We
0: haven't done a lot of new construction contracts on our team recently. Well, actually, we have one right now, but it's a the home is already under construction and mm-hmm. the completion date's coming up in okay. weeks. And so we bought it with the timeline pretty established. Okay. My general perception is that builders are delivering on time now. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Maybe pass think, some of the issues with yeah. material labor. But it's funny. They didn't reduce their prices. Yeah. You know, people were like, hey, I'll just wait until lumber prices go down. And I'm like, well, if people are willing to pay that price now, do you think <laughs> the builders is going to just graciously lower their prices when lumber goes
1: down? No. No, they're not. No. They, builders, well, they've baked that in now. Now, now it's, it's just like, okay, yeah. well, this is just how it
0: now is. Builders, I think I've seen a lot of incentives that builders do, but it's just a math game. It kind of disappoints me because it tricks buyers a little bit like oh you buy this house we're going to give you this um you know we're going to give you this rate buy down we're going to give you all these financing incentives but then when you actually look at the financing there's like a huge amount of fees that were in there so they just Mm -hmm. kind of like did Mm -hmm. some padding on the to the greatest that they could legally do right they more or less padded all their costs so they just like take back they never really gave much
1: yeah but the buyers i think get seduced into that sometimes sure it's kind of a good analogy I've seen is like with the car market right now, like de- uh-huh. car dealerships or, you know, you couldn't find a car during COVID. Use, the used car yeah. market went crazy. Yeah. I mean, people were paying insane amounts of money and not just used, <laughs> new people cars too. were crazy about everything,
0: but cars, yeah, cr- cars mean, were another Cars area. were another
1: one. And now you're seeing uh, if you drive by, you know, any kind of, you know, American manufacturer type, you know, Chevy, Ford, look at the amount of trucks and SUVs they have on their lots so they've oh, got all yeah. this inventory that was backlogged mm-hmm. that was waiting for chips and they were stuck on you know giant boats or whatever yeah. you know and then they got delivered but now the demand has changed dramatically well
0: think about the costs if mortgage rates are six and mm-hmm. getting an interest rate on a car must be like oh. eight nine ten
1: yeah i don't even want to think about it so i don't want to think about that either yeah but um, it's the next closest thing and it, it just reminds me of that you know builders to your point they are uh they've not maybe adjusted their prices but they will give incentives to move inventory mm-hmm. you know they don't have to right now though so they don't have to give a lot of incentives
0: okay I'm in the back half of the year i'm really curious what that looks like because yeah, every month i do see okay there are more homes for sale now just a raw number of homes mm-hmm. and you know we're, we're kind of midsummer, like kind of dog days of summer there are more homes for sale builders i think have generally sold out on their stuff, but some of them are building spec homes just because they didn't want to deal with not being able to delete the delivery timeline. So they just built the product and build it. They'll come. And largely that's been true. They're Mm -hmm. able to sell it, but I don't know what that looks like in the back half of the year. Like I builders could be more competitive. Like we saw at the end of 2022 yes, where they were willing to do a lot more to get those homes
1: sold. Yeah. Well, they get them off their books, you know, lose the carrying cost, lose the tax liability, yeah. That, this
0: is a business. It's not a home that somebody's living in. People forget that.
1: Correct. Right. So, I mean, I think that's probably a good point. There probably will, we, will be some deals if, if a builder is carrying some inventory yeah. that they're ready to to get rid of. Um, but I don't know. The I don't second, think it's
0: still a deal though. When they're like, Hey, this house is 750. We'll give it to you for 700. Oh yeah. And it was, but we were offering this floor plan for 650 a year ago. Right. right. It should be less than that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Are you a real estate agent listening to this podcast? Our team is growing. To find out more about joining a fun, service-minded
1: team, go to HastingsRE.com slash careers. That's H-A-I-S-T-I-N-G-S-R-E.com slash careers. You know, we are in the, you know, the normally the slower part of the summer. Yeah, That's what the, the history says about July and August. And it has certainly from an outward appearance perspective, Slowed from mm-hmm. just a activity perspective, like
0: number of homes being sold, number of
1: homes being sold, number of homes, you know, number of showings happening at homes. Um, even in this office, talking to some other agents, have decent inventory that they expected to get a you know certain amount mm-hmm. of activity on, and it's not really aligning with what their expectation was. Right. So we get out of the summer and we get back into the fall, and you normally have a little bit of a an uptick in activity mm-hmm. in the early fall. before the holiday so it will be interesting to see because last year was it was just it was just decreasing 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 because we were coming off that spike this year it's you know we had a decrease in the in the winter we had an increase in the spring in the the early summer now we're kind of activity slowing again Mm -hmm. so does it pick back up again in the fall that'll be i think the litmus test to see if we're back to some real seasonality in the market
0: yeah, so thinking backwards in your history, like what does that seasonality look like in DFW?
1: Well, in DFW, if you look historically, May and June have always been the highest closing months, most okay. most number of homes sold yep. uh, in the market, and then July and August pull back a little bit. But then still you pretty it, activity, it's still but, pretty healthy activity. Still pretty healthy, one hundred percent
0: back from those spring peaks.
1: Yeah, because you have the you know you have the the majority of the showing and contracting and pending action happening in March, April, May and then it slows a little bit in July and August in terms of just number of people who are putting homes under contract and but then the hope is is that you see a little bit of an influx of inventory number 1 in the mm-hmm. fall It's typically kind of post Labor Day is the yep. is the timeline you're using you see good closing activity for the next you know 45 to 60 days and then it kind of slows in early November you know right. it slows people down in <laughs> And normally, November is actually a slower month of activity and closings than mm-hmm. December. A lot of you'd be yeah, surprised how su- busy December is. I've be. had some busy December.
0: Yeah. I yeah. think people want to, you know, they want to start their kids in school the next year or right. they want to finish the home selling project. Like, right. I have found December to be a surprisingly busy month in it, real estate. Yeah, in it in normally falls. It
1: normally falls like in the half, you know, in the, in top, the top half. half always. Of, uh-huh. yeah. yeah.
0: So it'll be interesting to see what the rest of this year looks like. Personally, overall, I'm pretty bullish on DFW and DFW real estate market. I agree. Um, but but well, I the future, I probably won't be a real estate agent. I, well. <laughs> I mean, so
1: we'll see what happens. But what are your biggest concerns? Um, biggest concerns, I think, still, number one is just got to be good available inventory. It's just as it just seems to yeah. be a concern just for some buyers that to get some of these buyers to move, it's mm-hmm. got to be the right inventory to get them yeah. to move. Um, rates are what they are. I don't see a big increase yeah. in that. I don't think they're all of a sudden going to spike even higher. They might fluctuate between six and a half and seven, seven and a quarter, right. whatever that is. They've been largely been stable for the last six They've been six pretty stable months. for the last six months. And they're yeah.
0: kind of in a band, like a, a 1% range. Like they're right. getting the low sixes and seven, but I haven't seen anything crazy. No. Happening. That, so that's almost a boring story now. Like when it gets to seven, be like, ah, but you're like, well, you know, your payment went up 50 bucks a month, but right now it's, you know, six and a quarter or six and three quarters. And yeah. So it seems like we haven't had any activity really far up or really far down. Right. So do you think that
1: continues? I do. Yeah, I, think I think that think so continues. Too. And if, and, and activity does flow, I mean, even if you look at when rates were lower, they fluctuated, you know, you could get all the way down to two and three quarters, two and seven eighths. Mm-hmm. you know, some people paid more to get, or got 15 years at two and a half. and right. But they were pretty firm and held pretty firm around three and a half for a while, right? Mm -hmm. So you had a fluctuation down there. They could pop back up to four. So I think the fluctuations are always going to be in that percentage bandwidth you talk about. Um, But that would be, I mean, honestly, that to me is still kind of the number one factor is just available inventory. inventory. And I think
0: it's related to the rates like you talked Mm -hmm. about. Like a seller who has a mortgage at two and a half, three and a half. They have to have a compelling reason to move, mm-hmm. right? Because their payment's probably going up. Yeah, so, quite a bit. So their, their reason to move needs to be pretty good. I think so. And I think that's that challenge is going to exist for a little while.
1: Yeah. And I think and, and then the other thing, um, going to the second half of the year, you talked a little bit about buyers just not really knowing. I think that could, you know, why they're not doing anything. I think that is could continue for a lot of buyers through... the 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 fall and winter market so i don't know how many more new buyers you're going to pick up in that market cycle it's hard to know so if you if buyers are waiting for something a lot of those probably won't make a decision at that point (laughs) so (laughs) So they're going to get pushed again and you're not getting this influx of maybe newer buyers that are all of a sudden coming in saying oh yeah i want to buy you know at this time of year certainly there's going to be need for you know people but i just that would be it is just that i think the buyers are going to continue to kind of sit on their hands a little bit and Mm -hmm. see what happens and that could very well drag into well into next year. Yeah,
0: and that will mean that inventory will also start to rise as as the buyer demand stays stable Mm -hmm. or soft. Right. And then sellers keep needing or wanting to sell so the inventory may finally creep up at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, I'd be surprised if we didn't have more inventory when the market kind of starts to pick back up in the spring of 2024. Mm -hmm. I'd be pretty surprised if we weren't at you know more inventory than we were you know right now and even this past spring i'd be pretty surprised
0: yeah and inventory is local too that's Mm -hmm. the tricky part like in collin county some of these cities still only have like 1.3 1.5 months of supply Mm -hmm. but across the whole metro yeah it's it's inching up every month it is i like that for buyers again for buyers like okay now there's some more choices it's you don't have to give away everything. Mm-hmm. Keep some of your rights in the contract. Yeah, 100%. Right.
1: So what advice would you give to a seller? I think the biggest thing a seller can do right now is just, you know, number one, have reasonable expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, really consult with your agent. Hopefully you've hired Matt or, yeah. you know, somebody. <laughs> Another great compass agent. Yes, somebody on um, Matt's team. Um, well, thank you. And 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 they understand what's happening. Like educating sellers is so uh-huh. important. I think they're so there's, you know, probably a lot of agents out there who aren't in tune with what's happening in the market. They might think they are, but they really don't analyze the data. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's not all about, I mean, we're not, it's not all about data, but really that's the biggest metric to, you know, a definition of what's mm-hmm. happening. So I think preparing the seller with reasonable expectations on what can happen. I know a lot of times it's, a get, you know, you don't really know, you yeah. know, I mean, especially as you're changing you're changing activities in a market it's hard to determine what's going to happen so i think educating them and then you know making them understand what's you know finding their priority is their priority to you know try to get the highest and best dollar maybe put some money into their house if they need to to get mm-hmm. that because that's what buyers seem to be paying a right. premium for do they want to achieve a quick sale and you know kind of roll the dice there and see what happens so I think it's just the education process for sellers and making sure that they are are putting their best foot forward for whatever their scenario Mm -hmm. is, as opposed to somebody just kind of coming in and ramming home, you know, one, um, this this is it, right? This is what your house is worth. Well, maybe there's an opportunity here to improve it (laughs) and get a little bit more. You know, maybe let's really look at you know. Okay, there's some things, some disrepair. Maybe there isn't. You know that we need to take a look at. So I, I think it's really just an education process. And for it's sellers. an
0: agent then needs to be an mm-hmm. advisor. I hundred percent. Unfortunately, well, I love bashing real estate agents sometimes, but unfortunately. I think it's a little bit the real estate Hunger Games.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. As
0: the number of transactions has gone down, mm-hmm. some people are really desperate to get that <laughs> listing or that deal. It's a great analogy, <laughs> and um, I think some agents are telling sellers whatever they, you know, whatever they can to mm-hmm. get the listing. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, maybe not knowing, or mm-hmm. maybe knowing full well that they're not giving them best advice or the mm. best approach and then and then these listings sit and everybody gets frustrated yeah and it doesn't do good for the marketplace but no i think some of that's happening um what advice would you give to a buyer
1: um i think i would give to a buyer you know to, if you you know if this is something you're wanting to do if you really have a desire to purchase a need to purchase don't let an interest rate yeah. scare you away you know don't let that happen really kind of um be open to the thought and possibilities of maybe different types of properties that don't fit right within your perfect confines. Right. Right. And it's okay to have a property that might need a little bit of work that maybe doesn't have the one you know, one of the features you want. You can't find you know no house There's is perfect. No perfect house. There's no perfect house. And so I think for some buyers it's just maybe coming coming to that understanding and it's okay. And that the market is a long term, you know, owning a home is a long term play from an from an investment standpoint. Yep. You know, that's certainly a factor when you're buying real estate, but really you should be, in my opinion, be focusing on what your need is and what your wants are. Yeah, and the and the valuation part of it and the investment part of it will come. Right. You know, that's going to happen. It's going
0: to happen over time. Yeah. A rising tide lifts all
1: boats. That's right. That's and, right. And um,
0: yeah, people forget like, oh, this is a five, seven, ten year investment I'm making.
1: Yeah. Let's not forget. I mean, I don't. I honestly don't know what the statistic is today, but. That was the number when I got into real estate, you know, twenty years ago. That was the number people live in their homes an average of, you know, six to eight years, seven to ten years. I've heard it's going up. Yeah. So maybe
0: research the statistics, but I it's believable. Yeah. That people refinance, they got, you know, they you know, they remodeled the house during COVID and now Mm -hmm. they're pretty happy. Mm -hmm. They're probably gonna stay even longer.
1: Yeah. I think well, and there's so much opportunity now to take your current home and and renovate it and change it and yeah. make it what you need right you know, like personally me i've got a one story you know house that i would love to be bigger and you know i could add on to it if you know we wanted to do that yeah. pretty easily and there's a lot of opportunity to do that as opposed yeah. to going to selling it and buying a new one
0: yeah you have to be willing to do that work you do i tell buyers to your point you can have a great house in a great location or you can get a good deal pick two Right. Because buyers, I think to your point about maybe they're being a little picky or they're not wanting to give things up. They're like, well, I want to have a really good deal because rates are high and I want to be in the best schools. And I also want to have a brand new house that's perfect. And it's like, well, you can't have all of those things. Like the best house in the best neighborhood, people are always going to pay a premium for that. Right. So maybe we can flex on one of those. Most people can't flex on their budget. So then they need to flex on either the house or the location. I'm always more biased towards pick the best neighborhood because you can't change that. Right. You can tear down that house. Sure. But you cannot change your neighborhood. Yeah, You're Kind of locked in on
1: that. That's right. Yeah. Neighborhoods don't just change overnight either. Like they no, don't. They don't just a, all of a sudden go from.
0: Especially buying a great one. There's correct. a lot of momentum that's going to keep it great.
1: Correct. Yeah. And then there's there's some that up and you know that come up right. They have some, They have they have a turnover generational mm-hmm. turnover. And so you have new. Um, a new generation of people that move in there and you know maybe the schools weren't the focus at that point because there wasn't a ton of you know attendance from there that. was a the family right and <laughs> yeah. that, but like that happened in the neighborhood i was coming out of is when we moved into it um, in 2007 there were not a lot of people our age and then by the time we left it in 2018 there was yeah. tons of people our age you know so it and it turned and then the school wasn't the best you know rating wise it was a fine school right but it The ratings wise, but by the time we left it, the rating had almost doubled, you know, in the 10 years we were there. Yeah. So that's, that's the crazy
0: thing Mm -hmm. that people forget about. Yeah, These are, again, real estate can be slow moving.
1: It can be very slow moving. It takes something like a pandemic to make it move really yeah. fast. <laughs> now
0: that we're out of that. Right. Thank heavens. Thank heavens for sure. If people are stressing out because it's still pretty fast, but it feels slow compared to that. Mm-hmm. So we talked advice for sellers, advice for buyers. What advice would you give to agents in the market right now?
1: I think for agents right now, you just really got to lean in to, you know, lean into the work that's required. To build a sustainable business, like really, <laughs> yeah. I think you really got to lean into like, hey, I'm running a business, and we're going to start to see these more cyclical times. You know, I got to really be prepared. Uh, you know, have a pipeline built. You know, have systems built out so I can run my business when it's you know when the when the going's mm-hmm. great, and even when it's slower. Um, that's this is a this is a people business, and that's that is the commodity. Maybe yeah. real estate, but it is. A business all about relationships.
0: Yeah. And people and so, are living their
1: lives in this commodity. That's right. And so I think the really successful agents are, you know, can be chameleon-like and they can adapt to the markets. And so I think what we I think one of the things we had talked about in our last podcast was as the market was going to pull back a little bit, what would that do to the, you know, the the realtor population? Mm-hmm. Would it thin it out? Would there be more people coming in? I think what you're seeing and if you take a look at some of the market share, the bigger firms that have mm-hmm. the more experienced, more productive agents, more professional agents kind of, you know, right. Taking rice, market share. They're taking market share. Yeah. You're starting to see a lot of the, the smaller and I'm not taking away from any of these places, but some of the ones that have part time agents that that's kind of what they take mm-hmm. are kind of starting to fall by the wayside some. The iBuyer model's practically gone. Yeah, I mean, pretty much everybody who was doing that, except Open Doors, kind of like the my, the they're, loan holdout.
0: I know. I thought they
1: were going to go bankrupt this year. They're they're
0: they're hanging on. They're though. hanging in. But every they got I mean, a good brand though. So they do. That's, there's yeah. power in a brand.
1: They do. Because well, because they were kind of the first big player mm-hmm. there, and so then everybody jumped on that bandwagon. Well, all those companies that jumped on that had another revenue source, basically folded shop pretty quickly when yeah. the market shifted. So I, I think that's the the advice for I think agents is really partnering with a brand, a company that has the things mm-hmm. you need to be successful. Or if you're, you're in, if you're an independent broker, you know, making sure you have those things in place because I think buyers and sellers want to know the person they're hiring to represent them, um, does have all these things that they can use to present their property or find properties mm-hmm. that are going to set them apart.
0: I think that's what the hypothesis that I buy our model had was that mm-hmm. the people don't care. Mm-hmm and now we're saying hey, buy buyers are kind of going by the wayside. So they care some to some extent. That's important to them. Yeah,
1: I think so too. And to that
0: trust. It's a big financial decision for most people. It is. And being able to feel comfortable with it and know that they're getting good advice. Is-
1: it's important. I think so. and and we live in an age now where it just seems that people get taken advantage of, you know, for for all sorts <laughs> yeah. of different types of things. Yeah. And so I really believe that the the person that you choose to hire as a real estate agent, I mean, it's an extension of kind of what your thought processes and kind of how you view the world, yeah. right? You want somebody that kind of sees it through your window mm-hmm. and that can be that person for you so you don't have to worry about all those things. You don't, and some of those things you don't know about the process, so you have somebody who would, you know, who treats you the way they would do it for themselves. And
0: they know the road ahead so they, they can guide you. And that's that. right. Yeah, a great real estate transaction is when the client was like, that was easy.
1: Yeah. And you're like, well, yeah, it's supposed to be be easy. It doesn't have to be hard. Typically, you just have to sign on stuff and give people your money.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And if you're getting good advice and you take it, then it's a nice nice path towards your goal. That's right. Otherwise, you can have a TikTok show or whatever about how miserable it was because you didn't follow advice and you picked a clown or something else.
1: Since you're since you're pretty, let me ask you, let me ask you that question. Since you're you know kind of on the cutting edge and forefront of you know incorporating <laughs> I'm flattered, s- well you are. <laughs> like I don't know a whole lot of other DFW realtors that that have YouTube channels and do podcasts all the time and have good content and you know really focusing on delivering that to the consumer. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the realtor presence in you know social media maybe wane a little bit because of the you know we'll call it change in the market again?
0: Um. I have to confess, I don't pay too much attention to what the other agents okay. are doing. <laughs> Maybe I should.
1: Well, I've, I, not, I mean, there's plenty
0: know. of business for all of us. Sure. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not really sure what agents are doing. I do think a play that a lot of agents keep trying to run is like, look at how great I am. Look at all the houses I sold. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think that more like less on the YouTube or like video, but more on like social media, mm-hmm. like Facebook, Instagram. right people just kind of keep running that same play. Look at all the business I'm doing. And I just don't think people care about that as much anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, it frustrates me as an agent. I'm like, well, you know, that's great. And, sure. and it's funny too, because sometimes there are agents that I have followed on social media and I perceived they were doing a ton of business. And then when I actually realize or look them up, I'm like, oh, they don't really yeah. do very much business. Like they're yeah. really good at painting that picture which may or may not work for consumers but um that's a it's an old play that maybe i'm tired of i got you so i don't know that i answered your question i okay. think i just well, that makes sense. skated by it that's all good yeah well let's shift gears for a second it's the dog days of summer july it's hot you were born and raised in dallas
1: mm-hmm. area what was advice how does one stay cool in this uh <laughs> this <laughs> I weather i don't know that's a that's a good question um Number one, I guess, make sure you have an efficient AC system. (laughs) So I hope you followed that advice and serviced it year round. Correct. Yeah. Make sure you get your service day a year round, man. It's tough. It is hard. Uh, I find myself just not going out as much. Yeah, it is really tough. I, you know, I'm so accustomed to it that, um, it doesn't affect me a ton. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm any different than anybody, but I'm just, I've grown up here. So I just look at it like, oh, well, we lucked out last year. Last year was pretty mild. Uh huh. This year's not. Right. So it's just kind of part and parcel for being a part of it here. But um, there's plenty of, you know, activity and things to do in the city that don't revolve around having to be outside. Eating out. A a lot (laughs) of them, A lot of them still do. Um, What are your favorite summer activities? I'm old, Matt. I don't do anything fun anymore. The kids (laughs) activities. Oh, I mean, it's standard stuff for everybody. I mean, we love going to the pool, you know, okay. doing stuff, water parks. Matter of fact, we were just talking about, you know, going, um, taking my kids go to water park in a couple weeks. Um, they're pretty lame, actually, to be oh. honest. My kid, I, I have the digital revolution kid that just, you know, all they want. Well, to they, do is they're smart. They stay in the AC. They stay in yeah. the AC. They want a game. They want to watch YouTube and do those uh-huh. things. So I, I wish I had better advice and was more hip on like, what were the cool things to what do? The, what
0: were the cool things when you were young? Um, like not when you're I was, a, not when, when, young, I, when I was, a, when I was a kid yeah, a a or like a teenager, early
1: twenties. Oh, I mean, it was, oh man, a teenager and early, well, just going, <laughs> just going out, oh, just going out. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't a super, um, I'll freely admit I, I wasn't super into like trying a bunch of new things and, uh-huh. and finding out like all the city had to offer. Um, one thing we've got, I mean, we've got great uh, museums here in yeah, Dallas, Fort Worth. I never
0: take advantage of that. I mean, the,
1: D- the DMA is amazing. The Nasher Sculpture mm-hmm. Center is amazing. The Kimball in Fort Worth, the Modern in Fort Worth. So those are some opportunities, and you know, inside. Yeah. Um, we really are becoming, you know, a place that's – and even uh, – sorry uh, – Cowboy Stadium has a great art collection that you can view without having to go to a football game. Yeah. I mean, uh, I forgot about that. Jerry Jones's wife is a, I guess, a super art collector, and she's curated like this whole art collection in the stadium. Interesting. We, you know, we have some culture in the city. There are some some cool things to do Mm -hmm. that don't revolve around having to be out on a patio when it's 105 degrees. Yeah. So, but all that being said, I think there's just, even during these times of year, is when you really try to take advantage of everything the outdoors has to offer and just hope that you survive it right you know
0: right. yeah i think well this time you're always reminded why the affluent families own a home in colorado there you go because they just leave yeah <laughs> they just leave for <laughs> part of july part of august and then come back and
1: yeah live their life uh or lake houses are lake great. houses absolutely investment
0: for people if they want to spend time yeah and there's tons of people water.
1: obviously we're so close to some big lakes here yeah we have tons of people that have lake houses we have some, uh, not really friends, but people that live down the street from us that have a nice lake house out on Quitman. And mm-hmm. we were, one of my kids was over there playing and they were heading out there for the weekend. So, yeah, like, oh, that's nice. You know, yeah, not, just to get, not a huge to get lake out of the person, city. But. You're not a lake person? No, I, I'm, no, I've never really been a huge lake okay. person. I just, I, there's something about not being able to see in the water. And I don't know well, about Those you. are Texas lakes. Yes, those are, te- <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I don't know California lakes. <laughs> yes. I don't know about you, but I'm also boaters, pe- boating. The people uh-huh. who drive boats—I saw a funny, uh, comedic skit. They were said that only people that drive boats are either 11 years old or drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's—I just being on a boat has kind of always freaked me out. Okay. Um, I don't mind like a pontoon boat. That's fun. But getting on ski boats out in the middle of a busy lake—well, that's true. And and when it's busy too, yes. and this is an urban area, there's yeah,
0: yeah. I'm not sure about Lake Louisville. No
1: um it seems like a party lake it is i did that once uh i did it more than once but the last time i did it i was like yeah i think this is probably my last trip out here i think i'm good i think i'm good
0: i it's been a while since i've been on water skis or or wakeboard anything like that Mm -hmm. but i have such fond memories growing up again in northern california with amazing lakes and cooler weather sure of being out with my grandparents and family on you know ski boats and skiing and yeah yeah but I haven't really partaken here in Texas.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's we got them, we got them though. I mean, if that's your yeah. thing, there's ample opportunity within fairly close driving at distance. The end of day, there's that. something here for everybody. I think so.
0: I've I often said, if you're willing to drive long enough on Preston Road, you'll find anything you want. Yeah, <laughs> like, it is a yes. It's
1: a long road. It covers long. all the city. It goes very yeah. Well, it how far almost how, goes to Oklahoma? <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I think it goes almost to Oklahoma, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah.
0: So you can find whatever you're looking for if you're willing to look. Yeah. Well, what uh, what do you wish I would have asked you?
1: Well No, there's nothing I can think of that you should have asked me. Oh,
0: wh- that I would have asked you.
1: Um, n- yeah, no, I, I can't think of anything. Our, uh, I wish I had. something One of my more. recent
0: guests, Jackie Dorbert, uh-huh. who you know from our office, she says, you know, the question um, that you should start asking people is, "What is the question you're glad I didn't ask you?" <laughs> and uh, I haven't. I haven't adapted that one yet into okay. my into my um, podcast hosting skills but it is a funny question to think about yeah, has anybody interviewed you no uh we've talked about having an interview mm-hmm. video i'm looking over here at our video producer because mm-hmm. we talked about having him do it later in the year um kind of summarizing some of the lessons learned and different things but yeah we'll see i think that i've would... been on other people's podcasts though i have had that opportunity i think it's been fun yeah that's cool i think yeah. it'd be interesting
1: to have it on yours talk a little you know kind of focus it a little bit on you
0: well what's the question you would ask me
1: well i think i we'll mean we'll save you know, the answer for later you've but. yeah i mean obviously you've probably talked to your audience about your you know your background your history where you're from um
0: might be off and on, maybe <laughs> off and on.
1: so maybe a little bit about that and kind of your you know what your passion for this business is okay. and helping people and what you see for, you know, now that you're, you know, a Texan, kind of what you yeah. see for North Texas in the, in the future, yeah, like okay. what is, what's the five-year outlook like here? And obviously yeah. real estate re- related, but also just for the, the area, the population, yeah. what does that look like? 10 year outlook, outlook maybe.
0: I do have opinions on, I have opinions on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You're aware of that. Yeah. Well, those are some interesting things we can add to our question list for yeah. when that day yeah. eventually comes. It will. Gotcha. Yes. Well, thank you again for joining us. I appreciate your time and I wish you a prosperous uh, rest of the year.
1: I appreciate it. It's yeah. always great to be here and I, I always enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Thanks, sir. Have you been thinking about moving to North Texas? Maybe you're looking in Plano, Dallas, Frisco, or the surrounding communities. Each year, our team helps dozens of families make the move to Texas. We'd love to help you begin your journey. Learn more on our website at HastingsRE.com. That's H A I S T I N G S R E dot com.